This is MPN. Or as we call it now, the Scott Service Podcast. Because <laughs> that's all you're going to get on this particular show. Just all Service talk- with a smile. <laughs> Just all talk about Scott Service, <laughs> the new coach for the Seattle Mariners. We'll save that for another day probably. But the Every time- day. We'll the- save that for every day. Every day. <laughs> I'm going to wait for just text messages from you, just like, Scott Service updates. <laughs> That's going to be great. I'm going to look really look forward to that. But it's the World Series, um, so you can be sure that we're going to be talking baseball. Um, the Royals and the Mets making it. I'm Ryan McCarran. Joined, of course, Josh Pemboris, Jimmy Bellman. You, of course, know the players. Yes. Hello. Hello, hello. i, I got to say, Ryan, yeah. um, I'm a little frustrated because uh, last time we made our predictions mm-hmm. and what and happened, we nailed them. Well, I was gonna say what happened is before I even came, I had written all my predictions down on a piece of paper, yeah. and I forgot the piece of paper, like I forgot my notebook. Uh, so I got here and forgot everything and had to make it all off the fly. Went home and my notebook piece of paper, which I could show you right now, yeah. said Mets in four, sweet, sweet, complete wow. sweep. Daniel Murphy hitting home runs in every single game. That's amazing. Like I had the full prediction of everything that was going to happen. Jeez. I even Jimmy, Jimmy had it folded up and in an envelope, and yeah. then he like unsealed the envelope to show me. I have a distinct shock on my face right now. Yeah, and I also called. Yeah. No one's going to give me credit for this because it was on the piece of paper, but I didn't say it out loud. I'll see this Escobar for the MVP of the ALCS. So. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's hard. You get things right so rarely, yeah. and yeah. yet you don't get credit and for it. And this was the one chance you had to get out to the masses. You had yeah. your opportunity to, to really show off and flex your your uh, your prediction muscles. But to be I fair, think... did Alcides Escobar's family even think he was going to win the MVP of the ALCS? I don't really think so. Can we, can we talk about Alcides Escobar really Please, quickly? we can, yeah. Uh, so he should not be batting leadoff. No. No, he shouldn't. But he is, and ever since Ned Yost put him back in the leadoff spot, he's been really, really good. Yeah. And every time they ask Ned Yost about it, he'll just go like, I know it's wrong. It's working. Uh, and yeah. then he'll shrug, which is basically Ned Yost's managing career in a nutshell at this point. I was going to say it's that, but it's also like baseball prediction in a nutshell as well. Yeah. Like, it's wrong, but it's working. The little small sample size of playoff baseball. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Um <laughs> But, um, well, basically, yeah, I mean, we, we, we went for, you know, a little over an hour with some of these last ones. We have, uh, we had diminishing number of series the last three times, so hopefully we won't go too long this time. But we did want to at least talk about it and get it up before uh, the World Series starts um, in a couple of days. So, first sort of on the Mets side, I want to I pose these questions to Jimmy and Josh, of course, jump in as normal. Um mm-hmm. Jimmy, you're a Rockies fan. Yes. Yes. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the glory days, though. The glory day. The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The day of yore. We're gonna talk about <laughs> glory day, 2007. You sweep through the division series. You sweep through the National League Championship Series. Get swept in the World Series. Yes. So you have a bit of a relationship with this. What with what happened with the Mets? Yep. In the NLCS. Now, I guess. I'll ask, do you think the layoff is a good thing for the Mets? Sort of already kind of knowing what you're going to say. But, I mean, really, the, the, the sweeping team in the LCS has had uh, only one World Series win yep. in the seven-game era in 1995 when the Braves beat the Indians. There have been three sweeps in the other direction, um, including the, the Rockies, unfortunately. Yes. I mean, 
these situations, like you're getting healthy, you get Cespedes healthy, you can set your playoff rotation, which they did. Do you think that that's beneficial and that can kind of cut into the overrest or, oh, maybe they're so hot, the momentum, whatever you want to call it, whatever that sort of ghost thing is that is out there? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Um, so a couple things. Like going back to when the Rockies swept their way to the World Series, and has a team done that since then? The uh, Royals last year. Yeah, ro- okay, that's right, yeah. that's right, yeah. Um, and at least for the Rockies, like a lot of people at the time said that it was because they they were playing above their true talent level, um, when actually that particular Rockies team led the entire league in war. They were the most valuable team oh. across the board, like not across the board, but overall the aggregate was more valuable than any other team that year. Like that's how good that team really was. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just hard to think because Rockies... Uh, and when they were on their particular layoff, because they had to wait for a seven-game series to end between the Red Sox and the Indians, and oh, right. the they Red came Sox back from three-one, came back yeah, from three yeah. to one, yeah, did it almost touched what they did, you know, a couple years prior to that mm-hmm. when they came back from three to zero. Uh, the problem with the Rockies was they were in Colorado and it was snowing, so in their layoff they could not even really pr- properly do baseball-related activities. They had a simulated game in a blizzard, like. It, it was Ooh. snow on the ground, yeah. and they just walked through what the game would be like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeff Francis steps up into Fenway Park, and then he immediately they gets blasted. They probably should have simulated that maybe they would get beat. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, run the bases like, yeah. yeah, we won 25 to 0. <laughs> Ghost runner on first. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Lot, lots of like, if you hit the couch at the back, that means it's a home run <laughs> yeah. type stuff. Uh, so, I mean, the layoff definitely did them ill because they couldn't do baseball things, and they just sat there, got cold, and... So it's a different... Si- oh, quite literally got cold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, it's kind of a different situation than this year, than, than the Mets this year, or maybe the Royals last year. A little bit, yeah. Um, and you feel like the Mets in particular, um, they, there's a group of pitchers, and we, we, I've been talking about this waiting for the other shoe to drop of when they start showing some yeah. fatigue. DeGrom actually just looked even better. Yeah. Uh... But there's still a group of pitchers who could use some rest. They could all take some time off. The danger for the Mets, though, is like it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to imagine based on human reason and statistics that Dale Murphy's going to continue doing it. Yeah. But it's even hard to imagine after you know a week layoff or whatever that he can continue the torrid pace. Well, and he's kind of been their whole offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cespedes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Cespedes is is it was not, he got hurt in the uh, clinching game, and I mean he. Who knows how effective he's going to be, but you're, I mean, Travis Darno, Lucas Duda had a nice game four. But, yeah, five RBIs. Yeah, but I mean, it's mostly been Daniel Murphy, and so if he even, I mean, regresses a little bit, which is to be expected, you would hope, yep. um, or you would think, I guess I should say, that it's possible they're maybe going to have trouble scoring <laughs> some runs, well, if, uh, if, an, if, enough runs to to combat the the, the great pitching because they were able to win games just with Daniel Murphy home runs. I mean, they were winning games 3-1 to one and 4-2 to and whatever. So. If you tell the Mets at the beginning of any series that Daniel Murphy is going to be their main offensive contributor, that's not the situation they generally want. Right. Daniel Murphy, who had, I think, 14 home runs in all of the, the all season. year. Yeah. yeah. He OPS'd 18-50 for the uh, <laughs> NLCS. So, like, that's not the position they would have traded for. Uh, it just turns out when you're... Uh, offensive contributions are all dingers all the time, mm-hmm. then that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but when he's not doing that, now you need other people to step up. So you need David Wright, you need Travis Darnot, you need uh, Duda Cespedes to get hot, because Cespedes hasn't been guys. as hot as you feel like. He hasn't done Cespedes things very much mm-hmm. this year, so there's a lot of things you need to happen uh, that they can't quite rely on yet. I gotta say, I really miss Juan Uribe. 
Oh, yeah. He, his presence has definitely been a void in the the game so far with the Mets because you just are hoping that he would do something. You're just hoping that he's going to step in and come in and just because that's when Juan Uribe is the most fun. Like you mm-hmm. hate watching Juan Uribe for 162 games, <laughs> but the reason you get him is to be in these short, these small sample sizes, and to have him hit home runs and do his jazz hands like in big in big moments, which he's done pretty much every stop that he's had, except he, for the Mets. Ah, oh, it's so frustrating. I know you didn't get the Uribe game. You wanted to get the Dodgers at all. No, it's so great. I really wanted it though. I mean, so does a Mets victory in the World Series look? any different than any of these other series or is it just pretty much hey let's get guys who can throw 99 on the corners and hope that daniel murphy provides all of our offense yeah well i mean the first half of the season the mets victory looked like that exactly which was winning a bunch of you know three to one games four Mm -hmm. to two games uh the pitchers just as you say paint the corners do nice hardball good stuff throwing and uh then the second half of the season recipe changed where it became the exact same thing with the pitchers but now they just start throwing out like a lot of different pitchers at you when they had that like six man rotation for a little while, right? Because um, then they had like Matts and John Neese and uh, Bartolo Colon and uh, then the other three young fireballers they got, and but then they had offense, and that's what changed from the second half where they suddenly broke out offensively as well and had that crazy streak of just like hitting like breaking ten runs a couple games yeah, in all a row. The way, yeah. Um. So they're definitely capable of that's within their DNA now. Uh. It's just it's different. It's hard to trust anyone against the the uh, Royal Royals because they're just doing weird stuff. Yeah, they're just doing <laughs> yeah. that. They're doing that thing that like the Tampa Bay Rays did four or five years ago. We're just like, I don't know why, but no one. We just can't touch them. Yeah, and on paper we should, but we're just, it's not happening. Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's very interesting, and and I and I don't under, I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like every single year, it's like I mean, there are very few outliers, but like it's like. The team with the youngest, best pitching is going to win a series. That's why I picked the Royals to go to go to the World Series last season. Because I'm like, their pitching is just too good. Like their, I feel like their starters were just too good, and their bullpen is just too good. And I feel like that usually wins out in baseball. You know, it's the old adage, oh, good pitching beats good hitting. But it's true, I feel like, majority of the time. And maybe... That's just. I mean, they shut down the Cubs. Yeah. They absolutely did, and they and they did what we said they would do. Because I ask you that question, like, hey, what what are we going to look back on and say? Oh, of course. And it's like, yeah. yes, they're just going to strike out the Cubs the entire the entire series. The Cubs yeah. struck out thirty nine times yeah. in a four game series, and, like, we, ten and the, mo- the, game. the I think the most runs they managed in any game was three runs. Yeah, there wasn't a single time where the Cubs led any game. No, the and, Mets were in the lead or tied the entire time, and. When you were able to get to Arietta and Lester, both of them, the series was over. There yeah. was no chance that they were going to get back to those guys again unless they threw them on three days rest, a really short rest. Because yeah. the three and four of the Cubs doesn't even hold a candle to the three and four of the Mets. I mean, you have uh, who's it? Kyle Hendricks against... Matt Harvey, yeah, yeah, and then you have uh, Jason Hamill starting ga- elimination game, game four yeah. against Steven Matz, and these guys—I mean, this is a complete mismatch. So I think once they beat those two guys, and once they pretty much beat Kershaw and Grinky, I mean, in the last series, it was like, well, of course, yeah, their yeah. their pitching is going to win out, their offense is going to be one just good. Yeah. One of my favorite stats that I heard the entire time was so this just to go back to Daniel Murphy. You know, he hit home runs off of Kershaw, mm-hmm. off of Granky. Off of uh, and off of uh, Jake Arrieta, like obviously the probably 
top one, two, three Cy Young guys. Yeah. So the only other two, there's only two guys who have hit home runs off all three of those guys in their entire career. Those three oh, guys: wow. John Carlos Stanton, okay, Carlos Gonzalez. Huh. So Daniel Murphy did what those two guys did in their career <laughs> within like five days. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's so that, that's impressive. it's a pretty it's an interesting checklist to have gone through, I imagine. But I really, um, I, I think the Mets are a surprise. Yeah, pick. I mean, obviously, a surprise to us is we none of us even really gave yeah. them much of a chance. But, uh, but um, I think they. I, I think I think it was one of those things though that I, I feel we have talked a whole bunch in these podcasts where it was something where we didn't think it would happen. But as you had said, uh, you know, breaking down the in retrospect, what do you look at? Where now that we're on the, on the, on the end of it, we can go okay. That was the one thing they had to do. Yeah, and it was it was. It's that kind of thing where you don't think it would happen, but when it does happen, it's completely foreseeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, the thing of Murphy, not that part, no. Yeah, notwithstanding. But yeah. the fact that their pitcher shut down these people, you're like, okay, sure, that that's what had to happen, that's mm-hmm. what happened. So, you know, we didn't think the odds of that happening were as good as they ended up being, but but they did exactly what, what we felt they had to do yeah. if they were going to do that. And there is a creeping sense of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that's mo- yeah. my and, – and this is not ap- us apologizing for our terrible picks the last <laughs> round, I promise. It's just <laughs> – No, I'm the reason, really sorry. <laughs> the reason we went into it with that was because maybe we thought about – we we factored to we, – we, we, we weighed it too heavily against what potentially could happen. Like we yeah. weighed against like, oh, well – it's probably they're, they're they're probably more likely for to not be good than they are yeah. to be good, and it's like now looking back. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's like yeah, yeah. god damn it! Like <laughs> how the hell did that happen? Um, so on the Royals side, um, the Royals are back in the World Series again. Yep, completely opposite way that they did last year. It seems yeah. like because um, last year they just sort of steamrolled the entire league and they got. Some timely home runs. I mean, they were, you know, the big stat going in last year was like, oh, the Royals are last in the American League in home runs. And it's like, they did nothing but hit home runs in those two series against the Angels and, Roy- and, and Orioles. Uh, now it sort of seems like they're a little bit more balanced yes. in their offense, as you mentioned. Um, they, they, they're the, the, I feel that scrappy is probably a word that's going to be thrown around a lot yeah. for them. It's like yeah. a whole team full of David X teams. <laughs> oh, God, no, I don't want that. <laughs> Sounds like the worst thing ever. Um, but they have it. I mean, the uh, I the, the sorry the Mets have a distinct pitching advantage in this series. Yes. I mean, to be real, I mean these are the worst set of starters that the Mets are going to face by far. Yeah. Um, what do you think the Royals can do to kind of? combat that and I mean does it just pitch Wade Davis three innings but just just start their bullpen guys Wade Davis as a starter now yeah just put him back as a starter he that he was terrible can we really quickly we got to give Wade Davis credit for sealing the game off oh my god yeah being put back in after having the hour rain delay pretty much getting man on two and three and saying nope my stuff is still good enough to do it and striking two guys out getting that yeah I I thought that I thought that was gonna be a game seven like oh yeah with all the pieces coming happening all they needed was a fly ball. Yeah. That's yeah. all they needed was a fly and ball. He just and he shut him down. And Ben Revere, a guy who rarely strikes out, makes his That was a nasty pitch. That well, he, he, that, he that... struck out on a nasty pitch, but the fastball before to get it to yeah, two strikes. Yeah, the 2-1 count. Yeah. yeah it's a little, yeah. Bit, uh, little, a, a little a little bit terrible on that one. And I, I texted you the same thing. The moment it was yeah. the two, it became a 2-2 two two count on that bad call, I just looked at the TV and go, 
slider in or corner down. Yep. And whoop, Whoa. Whiff, you're like, everyone knew that's what's coming up because he was on tilt. Yeah, except for him. Um, so, I mean, well, seriously then. So what do you think that the Royals can do to, to sort of combat this? I, I think, well, I, I think that out of all the team matchups, I think uh, we, we kind of talked about how great and how interesting a Cubs... Um, Blue Jays. Blue Jays series would have been. Oh. Yeah. But I think that uh, the other matchup that, like, I think had it been Blue Jays, Mets, probably would have been Mets. And had it been Cubs, uh, Royals, Royals, probably would have been Cubs. But I think that Royals-Mets is gonna is the really interesting one that, uh, that could go either way. You could see it go way. both ways, yeah. Um, because, uh, because I think, I think for, okay, so on the pitching side... The Royals have just been so up and down. They had that like amazing, um, you know, elimination game with Cueto. Um, they've had uh, uh, you know other guys stepping up for certain. You know, Volquez had a, had a great game, but then Cueto also didn't last two he innings. Was awful. He he got just rocked in that Blue Jays uh, game three. Uh, Volquez. Um, Pull the Volquez, which is, they, I think... A few good innings. <laughs> a few good innings. It was like, I, I, he did this in the in the last round, too, where it's like, take him out after the fifth. Let him pitch, uh, let, you know, let him pitch into the fifth or whatever. Don't bring him out in the sixth. Yeah, do not let him get into the third, uh, third th- go around. Yeah, third go around. Because yeah. he, did, he did really well. I think maybe Yo saw him do well in game one and was like, oh, he's got this. But then that... Uh, that game five, he was good, he was good, he was good, and then all of a sudden, you hit the uh, fifth and sixth inning, and no more. So, so, and what, but that, with the bullpen they've got, then that's something you kind of can manage. Um, and, and so I think they really, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about their starting pitching. Yeah, um, you have to be. But they're also not facing the Cubs. They're not facing, you know, this, this hard-hitting murderer's row. Yeah. So, um... So then you look at the offensive side, and I think that they are the most in tune with having to go up against the Mets because they had. Uh, we talked about this in the in the beginning, the wild card round preview series that they had what like four or five hundred less strikeouts than like the Cubs and the Blue Jays. So they're just a team that does not strike out nearly as much as these other teams. They're a contact team. They're a scrappy team. Um, they uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, never I, give thought, up. I thought they were runners too, and then I broke it down. They only uh, stole three bases and got caught stealing twice oh, really? in this whole in the in the uh, ALCS. And so, so it really is the contact that they they're did going that for. a lot because I feel like you got a lot of that in going into the World Series last year. Too. Yeah, they were, yeah, like, all they, they did were was running in the wild yeah. card game, and, and oh, that's yeah. how they that's how they generated their offense. And yeah. it's like, yeah, they didn't run hardly at all on the Giants pitching or Buster Posey. It's like, okay, well, yeah. maybe they just. They 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 go more conservative once it gets like yeah. really crunch time, which is strange because I mean Ned Yost is a weird man. I yeah. I feel like though just as a team, I mean granted Ned Yost is yeah we don't he he's 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 the mercurial guy we're not yeah. really, like he thinks he's that shouldn't work tend to work with him and things that you'd expect a manager to do he doesn't do. But I think organizationally they're a smart team. They actually they usually come in with a really solid game plan about how to attack a team. So part of the high contact thing is by design of the players they have, but it's also by design of, like, that's a really high variance, high potential strategy. The more balls you put in play, the better your chances yeah. of, of them falling in are. Yeah, and I mean, that's, like, they're a high BAPIP team, and they BAPIP the hell and they, out of the Blue Jays. Yeah. And they also, it, it's, 
it's a lot of singles. It's a lot of you know. Yeah. It's not it's not super hard hit balls either. And so I feel if if that's the game plan, that's how you match up with the Mets. Is you just pepper them and you get you get these guys who are young who will strike out strike out guys a lot. But if you have this low strikeout team, then you know you're maybe drawing walks or you're kind of drawing out the uh, the at bats, drawing out the at bats, and then. Um, and then you hope for just that they tire them out. Yeah, well, because then you can get into the bullpens quicker. Yeah, you can get into the Mets bullpen quicker, which hasn't really had a chance to be. They haven't in, had. They to. haven't had in a lot of high leverage situations. They've had their starters yeah. go six, seven innings most nights, and then Familia will either come in in the ninth or just pitch two innings. Yeah, yeah. and so you haven't really seen guys like Tyler Clippard. I've, I feel like Bartolo Colon has made more of an appearance than Tyler Clipper. And then you worry and... now that then these guys have had with the with the sweep and the fact that they barely were even used in the series itself, these bullpen guys have had a lot of, of time off. And there's also, and if I'm stepping on your toes on the stat, Josh, but uh, this was being created around, but it, it's significant. Um, obviously the strength of the Mets is the fireballers. They all can get mm. 95, 96 or above pretty consistently on their fastball most of the rotation. Um, there's one team in the league that is number one in hitting those fastballs. It's the Royals. Yeah. Like, they, their skill set is directly, like... Correlated yeah. to what the Mets do well. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that just kind of feels like what the Royals do. They, If they need to beat you with defense, that's where they lean off. They need to beat you with speed. They start stealing bases and, and going... From first to home oh, on a God. single oh, with Lorenzo yeah. Kane. Oh. I saw that. I didn't see that play live. I, I only I had turned it off, and then I looked at, at the at bat yeah. app, and it said four to three. And I was like, oh, what happened? There must have been a barrage of singles. No, just one single, and it just says Lorenzo Kane scores on the throw. I'm like, usually you see ghosts a third on the throw. Yeah. Usually you yeah. see stuff like that, but I mean, for him to well, to score on a single is pretty impressive. To embellish on that play a little bit. And sorry, I know I'm very effusive about that particular game, but it's such a great microcosm of all little baseball things done right. Yeah. Is they knew, uh, and the third base coach came out and said, I knew that every time the ball's been hit in that situation, Jose Batista, he's gone to second. He hasn't gone to the cutoff, man. He's gone to second. So I have Lorenzo Cain, who's just a, a speed freak. If he's coming my way, I'm sending him home. And sure enough, Batista throws to second. Chulo can't get down to Lorenzo Cain in time. Had and, and had Batista hit the cutoff, man, like he, you know, you're supposed to do, he might have had a better chance. Yeah. But it's just it's such great scouting and such uh, situationally specific uh, management, and I love yeah. it. That's such a great decision to send him home in that case. Let's go back to that series a little bit. Um, we it seems weird that the Blue Jays sort of started off the exact same way as the last series. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I've heard some things on Twitter that basically say, well, the the, the Toronto fans are so um, cursed, or they, or they, 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 they feel so cursed because well, of the Maple Leafs, yeah. and they haven't been, you know, they hadn't been to the playoffs so long, so they've just been beaten down so, so often um, that basically uh, for them celebrating in the clubhouse – after a series victory, usually buys them two games of terrible karma <laughs> for the next series, which is exactly what happened. They, yeah. they, they won the they they won their division, and then they lost the first to the Rangers. They end up coming back to beat the Rangers, and then they go down o two, um, yeah. to the Royals. So I mean that that was kind of the the, the funny way to for them to, to explain it. But and if I could have only partially called if I if I can give myself. Slight credit for one thing I kind of uh-huh. called. It was that I felt that it was game two was going to be the turning point game. 
which it almost was. Price was great until he wasn't. Yeah. And uh, and I, I feel that had, especially with what the they followed up on what they did to Cueto in Game 3, had Price been able to, to finish it in Game 2 and they won that and they came back in that Cueto game in Game 3, then I think it would have been a completely different series. Yeah. But the fact that, that Price just couldn't get that win in Kansas... Uh, and that they, and that they that the Royals stuck it to the number one starter of Blue Jays, yeah. I think, was what altered the rest of the series. It's very strange. This whole day, you're, I think the that stat is going to be bandied about a lot, a lot in this, this off season. Um, and Wait, is he own seven or own eight now? I think he's. I think he's still own he seven because he didn't get the loss on yeah, the last he game. Get the loss. But it's just it's very strange because he in in those games. I mean and. This is exact rule number one for pitcher wins. His team has only scored one or two runs in a majority of those games. Yeah. Back to when he was with um, Tampa Bay as well, and it's like he hasn't pitched terribly. He he just he has some run into some bad luck in such a small sample size. But he had a chance to basically do what's known as a Maddox, and just basically, which means you pitch a complete game shutout. In mm-hmm. less than 100 pitches. Oh, yeah. And he had that chance. He was rolling along in the seventh inning. He uh, had only thrown 70-some pitches the entire game. And for some reason or another, the, the Royals just singled him to well, death. It was the bloop. It was the, the bloop hit by that Goins. It was like the pop-up that Goins and Bautista both went for and, and couldn't right. couldn't pull in. And then that's when and the that just opened. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it was... And, the, of course, it was... Of course it was Zobrist who did that. Yes. <laughs> of course it was Zobrist. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting that the series, I mean, because, God, you look at that game, that game six, and, you know, with Bautista hitting the home run, which we're, we're all happy for Bautista, yeah. right? I mean, they oh, yeah. lo- even though they lost, he was still great, and I think more people got to see that how fun he can be yeah, yeah. more on on on, in, on a national baseball level which is really cool. Yeah, he's good enough to make you think that there is clutchness in baseball. Yeah. Which I am definitely a, a, I'm a clutch skeptic. I'm more think good players do good things yeah. in random times yeah. in the way you can think of it, but he he does have a knack for the moment. Yeah, he certainly is very theatrical. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But I mean, yeah, I mean that 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 was such a great clutch moment at the two-run home run there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the runners at second and third way, Davis shuts it down. I mean, I was with you, Josh. I really thought we were going at least to, I, at least to really extra thought. innings. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were at least going to tie it. There was some, there, there would have been some weirdness with the um, also with the rain delay and everything. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it, it, it was a very strange game, but I think that, that the strangeness benefits the Royals way more, and they need to make it weird in yeah. the series. They needed it, some weird stuff to happen. I have written in my notes a bunch just Royals magic. Yeah. Like, and, it, and I feel it was the same way last year. They, they have this strange kind of energy. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch about, you know, how much chemistry really works and how much all, all those kind of things, those intangibles that, you know, some baseball uh, – Gurus will will harp on all the time. Where you know you have a lot of the saber analytics people who who say nope, not really a thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but then you see the Royals pull off what they've done the last two years, and you go, well, maybe. Yeah, I know. Well, they do they do what what they feel analogous to me is both. I, I keep going back to the Rays, where yeah, the team exactly. that seemed almost always overmatched on pure talent, but always did very little tiny things. That were evidence of, of management and of, of 
prospect development, ownership and yeah, all and ownership. That, yeah, that like yeah. was very clear organizational things. They're also reminiscent of the Giants because the Giants never came into any playoffs as the team to beat. No. The and one time they would have been would have maybe have been last year's World Series, but every yeah. but every other time it was like they were probably the underdog in every single series. And you look at why is it? Well, it's because they get the, the they get the hits, they get the the opposite field hits at the right time. Mm-hmm. And partially you go, okay, that is attributed to luck because that's what baseball is. Mm-hmm. But it's also attributable to a very specific philosophy of how to behave in situations, which is there's the high-variance types of hits, which the Giants, I know the hitting coach, I've read some articles, like directly train them in these clutch moments, look for the opposite field. Mm-hmm. Look to kind of push the ball because that's where you're more likely to have the ball fall, and that's what the Giants would do. And you can see the same sort of thing with the Rays, which is, I mean, not Rays, with the, the Royals. Royals. And the Rays. And the Rays that, when they were doing matter, it, yeah. which was just very nuanced, subtle shifts in philosophy in different situational moments that allow them to get what they need. Right. You know, it, it's kind of why they can, I think, overcome occasionable, questionable yeah. like, decisions. Ned, 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 yeah. Ned Yostian uh, yeah. <laughs> decisions. Well, it's also defensively, too. Yep. I mean, they... they the Royals have played pretty lockdown defense, yeah. and the Giants did the same kind of thing. It's just that, yeah, you, you, you can shift your players a little bit here and there, and they really take advantage, and they look at scouting reports, and they're able to make those changes that maybe ball a ball hit up the middle is now, oh, the shortstop's waiting for it to throw to first, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, so, I mean, we haven't really talked about the Royals' bullpen. We have a little bit. Yeah. But the fact that they are historically good... I mean, Wade Davis has... Uh, the lowest ERA over a pitcher with 100 innings, like the second lowest ERA in the history of baseball over a two-season period. Like, it's ridiculous. And they lose their closer, and they're still ridiculous. So they, I mean, Ryan Matson is a bit of a trouble spot. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan Matson was one of the guys who who showed some cracks in that uh, ALCS. Yeah, but if they can even, if Yost can uh, diagnose that his pitcher doesn't have it early, they can basically mitigate that lineup, <laughs> you know, that this, this new murderer's row of the Mets lineup. Yeah. And they can throw six or seven innings of their bullpen guys and be okay with it because they had the highest bullpen innings during the season as well. So they're used to these situations, and if you got one, anything left in the tank, you're going to you're going to really go for it, and you're going to, you know, I'm not tired, coach. I'll get out there. Sure, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you so had... I, yeah. Davis, Hochevar, uh, and Herrera all doing a great job yeah. throughout this postseason. How about Luke Hay- Ho- Hochevar, really? I thought it was Hochevar for, first of all, my whole life. Oh, I, 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 I think like, it's Ho- Hochevar. It is. No, yeah, it yeah. is. I, I've heard it, but it just it looks I like I do kind of like Hochevar. Hochevar. I, I would go Hoshevar before. Ha- Hoshevar. Well, I mean, good for, uh, good for the... Um, sorry. <laughs> good, for, uh, good for him, though. He's a former number one overall pick, so... I mean, he's uh, he's really kind of made a name for himself. So I mean, the, that that bullpen is amazing. They're gonna use it and use it and use it and abuse it. Yeah. If they get anything from Johnny Cueto, it's really just sort of a cherry on top. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's gonna be a really really fun World Series. Do you guys have any uh, last second stats or anything like that to help your points before we make our picks? <laughs> Let me look what I got. Um, I don't know. I have another fun tidbit. Okay. Um, so the Zach Greinke trade from the Royals se- okay. several years back. Yeah. Do you know the two players oh, they yeah, got yeah. in the trade? I don't. Please tell me. So the fir- one of the big players they got in that trade was uh, the ALCS MVP of 2014. 
Okay. Lorenzo Cain. All right. And then the ALCS MVP of 2015. Alcides Escobar. Escobar. Yep, those were the two of the players they wow. got. And then they also got... Uh, who was it? The, do you have this? The, the, the third player in that trade, uh, they flipped to Tampa Bay to get Wade... In the Wade Davis oh, deal. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's wow. right. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. So I think for so many years, very, very... Uh, laughed at front office for the Royals but I mean it's coming it's coming to fruition it really flipped the script in the last you know year essentially on on their decisions and their deals and and that front office in general and lots I mean they've you know they've traded players like oh oh, sorry I was gonna say is this Dayton Moore's uh uh is he just vindicated now absolutely and it's it's such a funny thing of uh but but you never – it's like you never know because they had all these players that they had drafted with number one draft picks and, mm-hmm. you know, top top ten draft picks that, that you know, you would hope just eventually they, they come out. But Dayton Moore has been lambasted for so many years as being one of the – Worst GMs. One of the worst GMs. And, and you know, it, it's a, you wonder how much of it is a bad process, good results – and how much of it is sneaky good process yeah. that just people that he it, it I I think that'll be especially if the Royals win the World Series that'll be uh, something talked about for a while is a is a rewriting of the Dayton Moore era uh, script yeah absolutely well now's the time of the show that you've all been waiting for the time where we're wrong <laughs> the time that we're all wrong so this is a lot of fun um, Josh we'll start with you. Who do you think wins the World Series, and how many games do you think it will take them to win the World 2015 World oh, Series? Oh man, I'm it, now remember, such... <laughs> whatever pick you make, whatever pick we make, you're going to go into the opposite of you're you're, you're clearly going to do the opposite of what we say. I know that's that's I'm I'm working even harder in that. I I think I think it's going to be so close, and I just have uh, I have. A preference. This is this is going back to a childhood that my first team I ever had was the Royals. Oh, because I grew up in Omaha and we had the Omaha Royals, their AAA affiliate, and so I would go to those games. And so before before I knew much about baseball, it was just uh, one of those little childhood gut feelings. So I'm just gonna go with with the heart and and say Royals in seven. Okay, because I I, I think it I think it will be. I think it will be like a, 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 a like a tire mount, like a you know like a fifteen inning boxing round. It'll be yeah. a boxing match. It'll just be a fifteen inning boxing. <laughs> I just mix up so many different uh, sports terms. It's early. Guys. Yeah, I, I I think I think it'll be a very back and forth affair. I think it will be a lot of pitchers getting tired out, um, and and that, I mean that's what the Royals need to do is they need to tire out those uh, those Mets phenoms stars. at the Mets. And and just gut it out. I I feel that it's either going to be like Royals and seven, or it's going to be like Mets, Mets and five, just yeah. just wrecking them in yeah. yeah four or five. Okay, <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, it's so I hate picking baseball games. No, it's <laughs> it's, it, it, so it's such varied. a losing prospect. Don't I don't worry. I don't worry. I know it, it, you're just drawing lots ultimately. Um, and so the problem is what happens when I pick baseball games is I. Ultimately, go through all the stats, go through all the things, go through all the intuition, and go like, ah, which one would be more fun for me? That's what I've done every step of the way, of which team I think will be more fun to have win. 
And uh, I got to say something about what the Royals have been doing. You don't see it. You don't see the, we lost the World Series, we've got unfinished business type thing. No. And they're doing it. And it's kind of cool. But I also think, like I said, they've got all the little things on point, And they know how to beat you a thousand different ways. And they're going to figure it out. And as Josh said, they're going to wear the pitchers out. It's just going to be high contact, lots of high strike counts. Yep. Um, or, like, high pitch counts, high rather. Yeah. And... They're just going to find a way to do something that's a little unexpected or a little, in hindsight, you'll go, oh, of course they would do that. You know, of course they send Lorenzo Cain from first to home. Just little things like that will happen, and those will be the defining moments, probably. So what do you think, the Royals? Royals and six. Royals and six. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go against you guys. Okay. Got to do it. I've been discounting. So then hopefully one of us will be right. Yeah. That's... We, ha- we, ha- we have an option. We have our option here. I think that I've been discounting the Mets the entire mm-hmm. postseason. I think that their pitching is just too good. I think that we have we pick, we picked the Dodgers, we picked the Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah, uh, I think that the, that they are just too good. I I while I don't think Daniel Murphy is quite as hot as he is, I still mm-hmm. think he's a, a valuable contributor. I think yeah, they're yeah. going to get some other guys going, um, but I just think that they're going to split the games in Kansas City, and then they have three games at home. And I think that that's a big thing. Being the team that doesn't have home field advantage, if you can manage a split, which you got to think one of Harvey and DeGrom, one of their their games one and two starters, is going to win one of those two games, especially with how shaky the Royals have been. Uh, And then I think that they just... They just ride that pitching like they've been doing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think. I think it's going to be the Mets in six. Why not? So I think they're mm-hmm. going to. I think they're going to win it in Kansas City. I think they they win. That's how it is. You win one in Kansas City. You win two at New, in New York, and you win one in Kansas City. That's how you do it. Right uh-huh. then and there, boom. Uh, I don't need no reason to even play the games anymore. I guess so. Um, Good to know. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything to add quickly on Scott Service? Since we we are the official Scott Service uh, news Sponsor providers. Yeah. Yes. He called in and was like, hey, "Can you guys talk about him a little bit, please?" Can we? Um, I mean, I'm excited. It's it's funny. It was so funny to read the like the different blogs and like out of curiosity and and Sean Freud. I uh, um, because you you didn't follow I, baseball when the when the like. Admittedly, I mean, you, you were more like, okay, like football starting, fantasy football, something like that. The Mariners are just an unwatchable mess. Like, I'm just sort of out right now, right? Basically, you're talking for the end of the season. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. For the most part, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I was very pretty much the only thing I really checked up on was the uh, the new regime coming in. That was that was more what I what okay. I cared about and pay attention. So I was very, I mean. Zrenzik had a couple good years, but I was very excited when they finally got rid of him because I just didn't like his process. And I felt that when we when we did get good results, it was not because was, of him. It was not necessarily because of him. It was like Nelson Cruz probably should not have been given the contract he got. He was amazing, but you can't you cannot look at that contract and say that's a great contract. Yeah, or yeah, that's um, that's a great GM move right and there. He, yeah. And he he pretty much was the primary force for why we even did as well as we did this year. Like that, he played out of his mind, and so. So when they got to Poto, I was <laughs> when they got to Poto, I was really excited, um, partially as a as a screw you Angels kind of thing. Yeah, and any and anyone who who argues with Sosha and leaves because of philosophical differences with Sosha is good in my book. <laughs> um, and so I was really excited for that. And so then at that point, 
Um, what I was saying about the comment section is everyone was like, why didn't they hire Mattingly? You know, like everyone oh, going after no. after that. And, and because <laughs> because he's in, like a not a big name guy oh, man. and because he wasn't a great major leaguer, mm-hmm. people think that that means he's not going to be a good manager. But the, uh, the number one thing, and I'm so excited that they got him and and uh, and Bogar as a as a duo, because uh, the more I read about it, it, it they, they're both guys who who have experience. Uh, who have plenty of experience. Bogar has more managerial experience. Surveys has none. Um, but they have are on the same page philosophically as DePoto. And what it means is that Mariners' ownership allowed DePoto to go all in. And so it's like, this might crash and burn, but what we didn't need was DePoto and then McClendon staying and arguing with you know, DePoto the way Sosha did. Yeah. Or well, that's why pushing... he left, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's why exactly they fired McClendon is because DePoto said, we don't see eye-to-eye baseball yeah. philosophically. And that's really the sign of a good organization is that top you down, have right? it top-down. Like, you, the ownership knows what's going on, the GM, the coach, anybody else, they all are on the same page with who and, they're going to want to bring in, who they're going to want to play. And even the guy, um, uh, McKay, that they brought over from the Rockies to be their player developer, he was, you know, a, a, a psychologist, for like sports psychologists for the Rockies, and they got another no-name kind of guy. But you're, you know, you see these, and you have this that their initial instinct of like, oh, who are these people? This is kind of disturbing. You know, you could have these these great guys come in. You're like, but the fact that he's not being forced to bring in any of these big-name guys, uh, that means that Depoto is getting who he wants. I'm interested on the angle too, just based on the guy that they're getting, who is a uh, who is the Rockies' mental health yeah. guy. Um, yeah, M- McKay, right? Yeah, yeah McKay, yeah. Because yeah. the Rockies are, um, there's a lot of head cases in that organization. Yeah. Especially the pitchers. So I'm intrigued to see if maybe getting him away from that culture is good for the player development. Yeah. It, it, that's a move that makes me raise an eyebrow. Anytime someone takes something from the Rockies, I raise an eyebrow and go, all right, have fun with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it clearly worked here, so it's clearly yeah. going to work over there. So I'm I'm super excited, um, and I and I... I'm more optimistic than I've been in a while for the Mariners. Uh, I mean, I think his, the off season with the Poto will be the the big uh, the big thing that will really let us know how it's going. But um, well, good. I'm excited. Well, good. We will. Uh, I'm sure hear more about that uh, when we preview the AOS we next will. year. We'll see how the what, what what players are brought in and everything like that. And I mean, just give us a Rockies update. Uh, yeah, go ahead, please, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what's what's, what's interesting? Walt Weiss is still our manager, and we're uh, staying strong. All right, here we go. Great. 20, 2016. Get, 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 get excited. If yeah. Jose Reyes is not traded by the time the next season starts, I will flip a table. <laughs> you probably should have been traded at the deadline last yeah. year, yes. frankly. But. I, turns out we didn't have a plan. Yeah. Everyone, We traded Troy. Everyone's like, oh, great. We're, we're moving everyone. we yep. got a plan. Here we go. We moved, Noah Syndergaard, here you come. We moved no one else. Uh, so, well, maybe we well hopefully your pick of the Royals will make you feel a little bit better. One, one can hope. <laughs> yes, one can hope. Uh, we'll never know, though. So thank you guys both for uh, coming on and doing this all throughout the postseason. It's been great. Uh, we'll have to get together again soon. I know the fans are clamoring for more of our oh, voices. Oh, of course. And you can find the show on McCarran Podcast Network on Facebook. You can email at at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.